All right, so I have uh, uh, Alice. Uh, thank you for joining us. Here's some here's some Europe news that mm, I good. just got seconds before you joined the call, which is Rob doesn't know this first band, which I forgive him because he's an American. <laughs> he wouldn't know this, but <clears throat> uh, this is the tweet: Last Ketchup and Lou Bega are among the European stars who will perform at a concert this weekend to show support for troops defending Poland's eastern border. The event is organized by the Polish Defense Ministry and State Broadcaster. <laughs> <laughs> now we are um, a little peek behind the curtain. We are recording this a bit early because of the, the holidays in December. So mm. by the time this comes out, this will be an infamous Altamont Hells Angels level uh, <laughs> event. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. A bunch of like Polish ultras are going to be going in there with bike chains, just swinging. Yeah. Um, Singing less ketchup song. Mm-hmm. Okay, who who is less ketchup? What what is to what is to what is to say about last ketchup is that they were. Uh, um, I think they are Spanish. I, I can't remember if they are or not, but the, the best bands you don't know who they are or where they're from. <laughs> <laughs> European. Okay, this happened in the UK as well, right? Ketchup song. No. What? Oh my god! What? Okay. Like, wait, is this? Is actual- excuse me. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, um, oh, I gotta have to. Okay, how do I explain this? So there was a one-hit wonder. I want to say early two thousands. Uh, um, I'm gonna have to just Google the ketchup song, and it was by a band called Last Ketchup, which for those at home uh, it means the ketchup um, in in Spanish. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, the ketchup song brackets Acera uh, uh which is not real Spanish, uh, uh, was a song that came out. Give me a year. Give me a year. 2002. One hmm. hit wonder. Um, very reminiscent of the Macarena. There was a dance that went with it. It was at a beach. Um, famously, n- no Spanish is actually sung in it, other than just like a bunch of gibberish that sounds kind of like Spanish to English people. Um, so that that Spanish is, and they've written it out phonetically in Spanish. Acerahe, ha, de, ye, de, yeba, du, de, yebera. I'm activating someone right now. Yeah, yeah, and and this is going to be used to psych up the the Polish border guards. Exactly, and uh, uh, Lou Rega's Mamba Number no. Five, which is I'm the, which I think has been uh, a, a number of lists noted as the worst song ever made. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know. All I remember is from the Nathan for You sketch where they try to take down Uber, and all they do is get Uber drivers to play it over and over <laughs> on repeat. Uh, uh, to sabotage Uber from within. I thought it was pretty cool when I was a kid. That's yeah, yeah. It's a banger. Uh, I, I mean, the thing is, right? I'm so I've taken so much psychic damage in the first minutes of this podcast from the idea of like fortress Europe. Uh, <laughs> you, you know, d- d- trying to deport people back to Belarus in like over Mambo Number no. Five. Is Lou Bega even from? He's he's German, dude. He's German. Yeah. What? <laughs> Excuse me. Apparently, I'm German. learning so oh, yeah. much about about Europe already, and I hate all of it. So yeah, thank I, you. We get that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah. I mean, I feel like that is the ultimate example of Europe. Of like, look at this. You know, uh, uh, this kind of Latin influence song that happened from a German man, and this Spanish influence song that happened like only in England and Ireland or whatever. That's the level of diversity that we want, and no more. <laughs> yes, absolutely. 
Uh, it, 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 oh my god. <laughs> genuinely, genuinely upsetting to hear all of this. Oh, yeah. Well, um, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, I'm looking at you on webcam right now. You're not, you don't look very sorry. I, uh, I feel it on the inside. I have, um, um, I have a disease where I can't uh, express any kind of remorse. Um, they're trying, they're looking into ways of giving it to the Polish border guard. <laughs> Hey, 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 it's your weekly corner spatey. It is me, Kiran, and I'm joined by Rob. That's me. And we have a special guest with us of Trash Future slash Well, There Is Your Problem slash Kill James Bond fame, Alice Caldwell Kelly. Say hello. Hi, how's it going? It's going good. How are you doing after uh, um, uh, Considerably worse. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to get better. because We we're... have you right where we want you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's only here that's going to get better because now we get to talk about the normalization of police violence through the media. Mm. Yeah, just mm. a nice sort of like upbeat uh, subject to to talk about on a on a Friday evening. Absolutely. Well, we're thank you thank you for joining us as we uh, get through this because there there's a lot of there's a lot of cop shows in Europe, and I, I kind of want to that's have a discussion true. about like uh, um, what they mean, why certain countries don't have them. And like the different flavors we get of cop mm. countries, of cop shows, I should say, um, because I just want to say up front that like Ireland didn't really have a cop show procedural um, in the like mid two thousands. We got really into like shows about crime where there would be like cop characters incidentally on the side, but you weren't necessarily rooting for them. You had like Love Hate, which was like the Irish version of The Wire. Um, but then that was also kind of treated like Scandi dramas. Like they were they were trying to do their own Scandi dramas. It was the same kind of like blue filter everywhere. Everything. Yeah. Detective was... wearing a big like chunky sweater. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Very sad. Very upset. Uh, it was yeah. it was a lot of people working at RTE pointing at a Scandinavian person wearing a chunky sweater and were like, "We wear chunky sweaters too." Uh, <laughs> let's get this going. Uh, yeah, it's it's cold in Scandinavia. Sometimes it's cold in Ireland. But exactly. what more do you need? <laughs> um, I mean, like, Britain, yeah, I Britain by contrast, the United Kingdom it is like voraciously. Uh, a consumer of cop dramas. Not only do we produce a vast amount of them, but there there came this sort of point, and this informs you know uh, how I know about some of the European cop shows we're going to talk mm. about. Where uh, in I want to say like the the two thousands to twenty tens, it became a thing to like import European cop shows as prestige television. Yeah. So, yeah. so you could like see them on BBC Four or whatever. Uh, yeah. And go, oh, aren't those aren't those foreign cops so interesting? Well, it, it it plays into this kind of like magical phenomenon that I think happened in uh, UK, Ireland a little bit later of just like it's in French, so it's classier. Kind yeah, of. yeah, yeah, absolutely. This is just the French version of the bill, which was kind of like <laughs> viewed as pedestrian <laughs> or whatever. Uh, um, Ireland was a little different. Like I think the only media difference I would say that occurs between Ireland and the UK is that we were more used to getting European shit, mainly because we didn't have the money to make our own shit. Mm. Um, but that faded away in the like 
I don't know, late 90s when we just suddenly decided that we had like money. And that lasted forever. Don't look into it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, besides the one that I just named, the, the Bill, what, what ones do you remember, Alice? Because I'm trying to remember British cop shows. The Bill well, there's, there's, a, there's a spectrum, right? The Bill yeah. is sort of like... Um... Uh, relatively mild stuff. It's like a gateway drug. It's like it's what the cops offer you as sort of like to to get you into copaganda. So like the the bill, um, it, it was quite silly. It was uh, you know very sort of like low stakes was the main thing too. Like it would be, uh, it was sort of like this slice of life almost because it was set in like one police station. So you'd follow these like shift of cops around, and the actual crimes that they were like confronting were fucking like shoplifting and shit like that. Uh, you'd have to like you get like a, a shot of like a guy jumping over a fence, right? That's yeah. that's the level of action we're talking about. And then, at some point, the same thing that happened to all long-running TV shows in Britain happened, which is they decided that they needed to make it vastly more exciting. And so, the last couple of seasons of The Bill, I think somebody blew up Sunhill Police Station about uh, like once an episode. Yeah, yeah. So I, I found like a, a montage of the bill. I remember the theme song distinctly, and I remember being. It is a banger. Yeah. It is a banger. You I could remember... use that to psych up Polish border guards easily. Oh, absolutely. Uh, especially it's literally called from... Overkill. It was called Overkill, which was feels a little taunting. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I remember distinctly when I was younger calling it the Shoes Show because mm -hmm. the ending theme was just a close up of people's shoes. <laughs> um, I didn't yeah. really know what was happening. So, um, so the bill is like one end, right? And then yeah. at the other end, you have your sort of like um, more grisly, more horrifying, more sort of detective-focused cop shows. Your um, your silent witness, your wire in the blood, your um, uh, your Luther, even, uh, and those tend to be a bit more like prestige, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So like. There's something, there's like a distinction between, I think, maybe cop show and like detective show. Sure. Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, because I feel like the, the I don't know, I, I, I even had this discussion in like anarchist circles who are like all a ACAB, but then they're just like, I can kind of see the function of detective or like detectives do what I think everyone kind of just assumes cops do. Which, like, if you yeah, have, yeah, no... it's, it's like a useful, like, investigative function. Sure. Yeah, something um, bad happened, and we can figure out what it was. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think it's like, but we're not gonna like uh, <laughs> get into the the fucking cop thing on my part again. But I think one of the things about the police is that even if you are fully in favor of abolishing them, you still have to recognize that there are some useful societal functions like buried in there. Like, if you're going to yeah. have people driving around in cars, you probably need somebody to make sure they're driving around safely. If You, you probably yeah. need some kind of, like, investigator at some point. I think the like, argument that I'm most sympathetic to is that, like, there's actually a lot of useful functions buried into the police. It's just they've hmm. been given to one guy yeah. rather than and overlaps too much. Like, there probably needs to be someone who deals with, like, domestic problems, but not the same person who also isn't the only person who's allowed to shoot people. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, but okay, so there's something I want to I want to ask you about, and this is going to get into like deep British television lore. Ooh, uh, good. Um, okay. <laughs> which is, 
I feel around the same time the bill got very explodey mm. was when there was a massive explosion on the British sitcom uh, Brookside. Yeah, you're, you're totally right. I, it, you know what it is? It's the exact same thing, because the bill at its heart was a soap, right? Yes. Like, the, yeah. the, the cop thing was kind of, like, incidental to it. Um, and the same thing happened to, me, like, other long-running soaps, Coronation Street, EastEnders. Uh, th- those got kind of, uh, like, owned in the ratings for a while by Brookside, because it was edgy, and it was, mm-hmm. like, uh, controversial, and it was down to earth, instead of just uh, watching the same three people have endless cups of tea forever. And the way that they corrected that was to, like... Uh, fucking add explosions, and so Coronation Street, I think, had like a, a tram drive through a pub and kill a bunch of people. <laughs> All right, the Brookside one was a gas leak. <laughs> <laughs> e- Emmerdale had a fucking a plane crash because yeah. what else are you going to do in like extremely rural settings except drop a plane on people? Yeah, um, this, this is the thing. Like, I feel like Brookside got there first with the like, uh, uh, with a gas leak being like, that's probably the most realistic reason a quiet, sleepy town would have an explosion. Sure. Everything uh, else is farcical. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and I think the bill tried to catch up with that too. And so you had this uh, sort of like, I, I don't mean to sort of uh, get nostalgic here, and I don't think like Dixon of Doc Green is like a, a useful comparison, but I, I distinctly remember the bill at the start of my childhood being mostly about sort of like fat cops wearing uh, like uniform jumpers and like tackling a guy for shoplifting in Asda. And the, the bill at the end of my childhood, which was like armed police, like bombings. Uh, shit like that, and yeah. it's like, yeah, I, I, I'm not sure what happened other than like increasing militarization. So the, do you want to do you want to hear my recollection of? Okay, so the I watched the last scene ever of the bill, which was 2010, and mm. the first line they say while interrogating someone who I'm assuming for like story structure reasons is guilty because it's too late in the episode. Sure. Uh, um, the uh, the sergeant basically goes, there's CCTV everywhere now. We've got you. <laughs> Which feels very new labor kind of era. Yeah, yeah. We've sort of automated ourselves. <laughs> We've automated ourselves out of a job. Do you want to know my favorite storyline from the bill? This okay. is like hazily remembered through childhood, right? But like, yeah. I distinctly remember this. There was a storyline about one of the detectives. He he caught being a pedophile. He caught a bad case of pedophilia because okay. he like went to work in the sex crimes unit, and it it, it like transmitted to him oh no you hate it happens to the best boys in the service the scientists were predicting that after corona you know (laughs) but that was genuinely how they framed it right was like he 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 was it was like radiation or something it was an occupational hazard that he was exposed to and it made him a nonce and i'm still stunned by that to this day Oh, absolutely, because like I'm sure so this is this is also the thing that happens with soaps and obviously happened to the bill, is because it's just this incredibly long form thing where 
pretty much people who act on it basically have like careers set for life it, it's it's like when writers in early ireland would go mm. work in the civil service like civil service because it was just like you were there for life and but then all the, through the time all these characters just have to become monsters because like interest interesting things have to happen to them so like this storyline happens but presumably before that there was like maybe five possibly ten years of this guy just being like framed as good absolutely absolutely but the really crazy thing was he was still framed that way in the storyline it was like this this was something that had like happened to him and it was like something that he would have to like struggle to get help for and i i I do think that it was very considerate of the bill to put uh, a list of everyone who was involved in writing that storyline at the end of the episode for the real police (laughs) <laughs> you telling me there was a, a possibly uh, people in british media who might have... <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so what was the like social maybe like so who watched the bill what's the what are we talking with this you mentioned the mm. what's the because fill me in i've 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 never seen this thing is it like a, a household staple is it lean more to the are people like that's the way cops should be or Anything like that? Yeah, I, it, honestly, I would say the biggest vibe from the bill was like ordinariness, like it was sort of mundane, and like I don't think there was anything particularly remarkable about the people who watched it. Like as I remember it, it, it was the reruns of it were like the first thing on after children's television ended in the afternoon. Yeah. So like, if I watched. I don't know, Blue Peter or something, and then, like, I didn't want to do my homework, then I could just watch the bill instead. That is 100% what I was doing. It was very, like, it is, it was kind of like soap opera in the sense of, like, it was the same kind of people watching it, which was people who were capable of watching the TV at, like, what, five, six o'clock in the evening, which is predominantly like it was my granny who would watch it it was like maybe my mom is just something that was on the television when really she was like cooking or making sure i wasn't wrecking the place or something <laughs> like a lot of people half watching it i imagine yeah um, and it, it was like one of sort of two choices that you had because you could either do the bill or you could do like holby city or casualty you could either have your sort of like your medical soap or you could have your police soap and I feel like the medical soap was possibly too much blood to have in fr- on in front of the young ones. Mm, yeah, yeah. Because every episode of Casualty uh, started with somebody like falling off a ladder or whatever, and like breaking their leg open or something. Yeah, yeah. Because again, yeah, it was that was also quite mundane as well, which is also in another way more terrifying. It's just like, hey, you have a ladder, you can. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I think the the difference in vibe for the bill versus like the UK is I think uh, American propaganda really tries to portray cops as like super competent. Mm. Whereas I feel like propaganda in the UK was maybe more like they are deserving of sympathy. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. It's kind of like, I think the vibe they were going for was largely like every man and yes. they're, they're like, they're put upon. They're not like, uh, sort of persecuted in the way that say American cops like to think of themselves, but they are like, uh, they have to deal with a lot of shit. Uh, yeah. but it's like, again, it's really low stake shit. Like a kid might be rude to you and you mm. have to like go, Hey, stop that. <laughs> but I, I do think broadly that is the kind of, that's the line if we're talking 
propaganda in Europe. It's like, mm. they're just like you, yeah. you know, versus in the US, whether it's, I don't know, for whatever differences, it's, you can't really hide their, you know, <laughs> semi like colonial police kind of thing of these just like people coming in from the suburbs to like drive around your cities and maybe kill someone. Yeah, yeah I'm trying to think of it if there was an American show that like took that same sort of line as the bill. And the only thing I'm thinking of is like a really deep cut, and it's Hill Street Blues. Um, never, which never is, watched that. It's, 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 it's old. It's 80s. Um, yeah, it's, but the only reason I, I I know about it is that that sort of spun off into things like um, NYPD Blue and stuff because my mum was really into NYPD Blue. Um, yeah. But but that was more in the sort of like detective mold. Yeah, yeah. So that was like I, I think the the aim is quite similar though, because like I, I mean, aim is a big is a big word here, but like I guess the functional result is like American cop shows want you to like give up your seat or whatever. Like it, it's kind of mm. like you have to honor the police. Whereas I feel like European cop shows are like, don't be mean to them. They've had a long day. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, which I think leads us. Uh, um, Actually, let's let's talk about this French cop show that was on uh, BBC Four. Do you have much to yes. say about it? Because I'd never seen I, this. Before. I, I have a lot to say about. Uh, you're talking about engrenage or spiral. Engrenage. spiral um, yeah. yeah. So the thing about spiral is, um, I watched it as this like prestige product subtitled yeah. on BBC Four, um, and it was absolutely as uh, like you say, it was sort of this like oh, it's it's fancier, it's darker. Than yeah. British cop shows, um, and after watching a couple of seasons of this, you realise that it is in fact it, it, just as silly. It's just in French, yeah, um, and it has all of the same like reactionary sort of bugbears. It has all of the same sort of like headline chasing impulses. Um, so, like the thing about about Spiral is that it started out as being this sort of like um, sort of. A total uh, follow, like law and order sort of following mm. of the criminal justice system in France. So you have the, like the judicial police, the the judge who's investigating it, and then the lawyers, um, and then all of those sort of got more and more uh, like hived off and intensified into separate things until eventually you were doing this sort of like legal thriller on one end, and then on the other end you were doing this this cop show that was basically just. What's the current moral panic in France right now? <laughs> uh, they won't let me be racism. Uh, that was, that was... <laughs> they literally, they literally did an entire season uh, about. Hey, have you heard about uh, how kids in the Bonniers are like uh, doing crimes now? It's bad, right? And oh, then, no. yeah, no, it's it genuinely. It was following like a girl gang, and this was handled with a level of sensitivity that you would uh, absolutely expect from a French cop show. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like yes, uh, welcome to France. We, we do not see color, which uh, gives us the uh, excuse to be racist AF. Absolutely. Uh, um yeah like okay so i i I looked at this as well i'm gonna i forgot how to pronounce it uh (laughs) the spiral i'm gonna learn french again because 2022 is gonna be a year of the france Mm. um but 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 i did look at this and it's like i think i looked at the first trailer uh for the season one and it's a little bit darker a little bit edgy like you said but also it seems to have continued on even after the like co-production with bbc Mm -hmm. and just like continued on canal plus or whatever and it's like it just looks like everything else on canal plus or whatever 
Uh, yes. It's got like the exact same production values or whatever. <laughs> and by the time they got to season four, uh, which I think was the last one, mm. they did the thing w that all cop shows do when they run out of ideas, which is there's a guy with a bomb in the police station. Oh, that was yeah. their like big trump card, was they blow up the police station at the end. You love to see it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's classic French vibes, though. I, I do love it. It's a lot of like hot French guys, which is to say ugly guys in good suits. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's got some classic ugly guys. Also, <laughs> also the world's most exhausted looking woman. Um, <laughs> she just has so many hot guys to choose from. It's tiring. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's the like she's the captain of this squad of detectives, and uh, all, all of all of them out doing you know various uh, terrible like personal grief things. They're like they're drinking too much or they're having affairs, and she's just kind of like basically not, but getting more and more exasperated every episode oh. until by the last season she looks not good. Yeah, so she she's like she's police mom basically, e essentially, essentially yeah, yes. Yeah, because uh, yeah, that's a, I, I think that's a classic thing of just like whenever a, a show like this wants to show like oh we're progressive. Uh, a woman is like the top ranking person in the in the in the department and it's always just like yeah but she's basically someone in the writer's room's mom mm -hmm. like, yeah yeah we're all misbehaving and then she scolds us and looks kind of tired yeah um <laughs> brilliant um so now i want to get into the more um germanic tonic yeah yes <laughs> <laughs> uh, um but not too much because this is an italian co-production um one that you told me about alice Literally last night. Yes, and I it, became obsessed. This is with. this is something that I've uh, I, I've been obsessed with since the time when. Well, uh, if we talked about this, uh, watching TV in a hotel is one of the most yes. alienating experiences you can have. Um, and so, I, at one point in my life, I found myself in a hotel in Moscow, a space-themed hotel in Moscow, just to make it even weirder, um, yeah. with nothing to do for the evening. And so, I decided to watch some TV. And like, my Russian was better then, but still basically mm -hmm. non-existent. And what I found was a Russian dub of an Italian-Austrian co-production co called yep. Commissar Rex. <laughs> um, yes. Because... I thought I was having a fucking psychotic episode. I thought I had imagined this until I looked it up afterwards. It is... So, not only did that happen, but also, I find out about it from the first time last night when you tell me about it, I look into it, and turns out it's like one of the most popular TV shows ever. <laughs> I feel like I feel like I'm being gaslit by reality, being like, "Oh yeah, Commissar Rex, did you not watch that? Well, yeah, gotta... did, did you not watch the show where the like uh, the detective's partner is a German Shepherd?" And <laughs> How, it can't fail with that kind of formula. Yeah, and it helps him investigate crimes by doing like tricks. I feel like I'm going to like go back and watch like old television or one of those like uh, uh, follow up shows that they did for like Behind the Throne after Game of Thrones came on. It was like, yeah, this episode really reminded me of a classic episode of Commissar Rex, and like everyone is <laughs> talking about it. It's always been there in the background. I'm going to go home to my wife, and she's be like, yeah, me and my family used to watch that all the time. Yeah, there's a giant Commissar Rex poster hanging up that you don't remember buying. <laughs> I genuinely. It's like the Berenstein effect. I've slipped into a new reality. <laughs> so my impression of the show, this is just from watching the 
the theme the theme song the yep. intro music which looks like a dog food commercial <laughs> and the link that you sent me Kieran not only the the dog food commercial vibes and the way they're just like freeze frame on a guy and it's like Gunter and yeah, yeah. That, <laughs> and the fact it repeats eight times was like uh this is so this is just uh this is the actual too many cooks like in the real life (laughs) version yeah and all of these guys are so austrian is the other thing (laughs) so it will be gunter and then the next shot is a separate other gunter um yeah it's, it's your classic european cop shows of like you have the one younger guy like literally the opening theme is like dog breaks through glass comes alongside clearly not in the same shot a guy who shoots and he's the young austrian who's like still fit and then he's being guided and mentored by a collection of just the roundest austrian men (laughs) (laughs) literally like fucking uta from fucking simpsons (laughs) doing forensics on this show um but the thing that i found about this is that yes you found the dub of it in russian while Mm -hmm. while on a lovely holiday i'm assuming and then I found like going through the Wikipedia article that yeah, it's been basically dubbed into every language. It was on Australian television as well, dubbed into English. Like it was <laughs> over there. This this really is just this like worldwide phenomenon that yeah. like all of us have missed. And there was also six remakes. So what? the the theme song I sent you last night was not the uh, original Austrian Italian co-production theme song, but it was the Russian theme song to the Russian remake. Of Commissar Rex, <laughs> which I literally think was called like Rex's Return or something, uh, which I think was like an unofficial sequel. Like it was always in Russia, it was always Russian. Um, there was a Polish version, there was a Portuguese, Lithuanian, Slovak, and also a Canadian version, which I saw the poster for and seems far too recent um, for this to have gotten away with. Uh, now, um, I, I, I'm reading. I'm reading the Wikipedia entry for yep. Commissar Rex here, and I, I have a delightful little sort of uh, amuse bouche for you, which yeah, is so, for, because what happened is they did a few seasons of this in Austria, and then they moved it to Italy. Yeah. Yep. Um. I, I, okay. So I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna read this. That's to when you. it became really Il Commissario Rex. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Katja Martelli is a forensics officer in Rome. She is seen as a romantic interest for uh, Rex's handler, Fabri, but Rex is opposed to this. <laughs> at, at, at one point, when Fabri is injured and at home researching a murder related to role-playing games on his computer, he asks for a gaming police officer to be sent to his house to brief him. Martelli takes this opportunity to enter his house and seduce him, and creates an RPG profile for him so he can befriend the suspects online, but the figure she chooses for him is a model of Fabry wearing only a towel. What a great show. (laughs) What a wonderful show. The other thing that I'm just reminded of is there's like a, a, a late show, a, a late season joke in 30 Rock where like, they want to make, they basically make the show precious or the movie precious, but then mm. are like forced to put a talking dog into it. And I feel like what this the show is. I'm, I'm still stuck on the gaming police officer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that honest. exists in Italy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm happy they don't like, don't just rely on the dog, though. They, they build a lot of backstories for the. Uh, oh, yeah. The it's, it's, a real, it's a real ensemble cast between. 90% uh, dog driven. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the theme song is very. Um, 
I described it as very anime because the lyrics are in English, but under the pretense you don't understand that. So the lyrics are very little. I think one of the lyrics was literally like, this is what happens when a dog gets involved. (laughs) (laughs) We're like, yeah, I guess that's what the show is. Uh, um, Also, I looked into it. The Slovak remake is very, uh, it happened mid 2000s and it's very like, kind of how I imagine Spiral was pitched to the British audience. It's very, like, darker and stuff. <laughs> the dog there. Incredible. The trailer for the last season showed the dog dead. I'm assuming oh, that shit. was a takeout. No, <laughs> they killed Rex. <laughs> they killed Rex. I think he was called Max in Slovak- Slovakia, but still. <laughs> oh, God. That was wonderful. But uh, now we get to talk about... And probably one of the last things we get to talk about is the the German cop shows. Okay, mm. this is the only one I've ever actually seen. Yeah, so I mean, this, again, uh, I feel like I can share a little bit. I'm not a. We're doing Tatort first. The Tatort. Yeah, I mean, do you have much to say about Polizei Wolf? I I I don't know. Apparently, much about there's it. an East German Tatort that is still going because people preferred it. That sounds incredible. <laughs> um, <laughs> No, uh, yeah, I have no notes on this one. I think no. that's. I just think that's good. I think it sounds good. They really go hand in hand. So like, um, the only thing I had noted about it was like one of the older characters looks like Robert De Niro, like exactly <laughs> like him. It just he's East German. Um, yeah, who needs Western uh, media? You got you, you, you got have Robert, Robert De Niro at home. Niro, yeah. <laughs> um, as my understanding is that so Tato was from 1970, I want to yeah. say early 70s, and Police High Roof came out at the same time slightly after yeah but they started planning it first and in the in, in west germany in the Bundesrepublik, they were like it's honestly seems like a space race or something they're like no no, no we have to get our <laughs> realistic crime so, police serial out a, first am uh, i right in thinking that the deal with tartar the thing that makes it unique is that like basically every region or city of germany has its own series of tartar yeah yeah, which is part of the reason Polizei Ruf kept going because it's like, well, that's that. That'll just their be own East version. German Tatort. Yeah, yeah, there is a Dresden Tatort, and obviously Berlin. Mm. So there's a little bit of uh, encroachment there, but in general, yeah, it is. It's super regional. It's a big thing where they like. Uh, I think they often, not always, but they often get actors from the city to play and use speaking regional dialects, and like, yeah. there's a lot of. Uh, local color. Uh, yeah, things when you go south enough, things get very like Alp based, like <laughs> something accident. Some yeah, this guy's up. been hit by a hornus that's come over the border <laughs> from Switzerland. There's a lot of scenes of like here they are at their favorite uh, food stand that they always go to <laughs> eating a local uh yeah giant bread or yeah know, whatever whatever it might be <laughs> I like regional German cuisine is just various combinations of sausage bread and how you yeah talk. various kinds of like raw fish if you're north enough oh that's like that's sure. some Hamburg tattoo shit yeah <laughs> so um yeah and uh, there's probably some kind of political or social meaning there because i mean to like unify germany or something i don't know because even when it's divided they have their own versions mm. and jumping forward a little bit but there was a very special episode of tatort called uh unterbrüdern so like among brothers mm. about the reunification of the two tatorts of polizeiruf yeah there was like an MCU they come, crossover. there was like the stasi was like doing some bad stuff and they did a crossover between uh i forget if it was east berlin or, or what group and then they came to west germany because <laughs> and it was this whole collaboration 
Even and the bad guys are still like the East German apparatus. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's not like, you know, the CIA stay behind <laughs> no, mission was no. also doing that stuff. The story was that like they were losing power and they were like doing weird illegal stuff because they were getting desperate. <laughs> like it was supposed to come out on like uh, the day of reuni- reunification. I think it came out three weeks after. What so the like fuck? late October 1990. That yeah. may be the most German way of like celebrating the reunification of your country is to sit down and watch a crossover episode of a cop yeah. show. Yeah. But like this cop show, Polizei Ruf, uh, um, 100 saying, like that seems to be the only thing East Germany gets to keep though. Like <laughs> after reunification, <laughs> that's it. You get this one cop show. <laughs> No, it was sold to a, uh, yeah, I don't know, a Swabian businessman, (laughs) (laughs) an an entrepreneur. Um, So yeah, but Tatort, I don't know the numbers for Polizeiruf, but Tatort was huge in the 70s. I guess there were, what, like two channels back then, but still, Hmm. we're talking 20 plus million viewers, up to 75% of households watching. Um, Part of the reason was that it was like a ritual where you had the, uh, the nightly news or um at 8 p.m on sundays and right at 8 15 you start taught to it and yeah. then you get to watch whatever the latest you know capers are going on in germany and part of the the system was that so they're all an hour they used to be up to two hours i think now they're all standardized hour and a half um and like yeah so it takes i mean and it's the supposed movie. to be like high production value mm-hmm. yeah um alice you mentioned the the exports before um the very first uh Till Schweiger, who is some might know as a pretty well-known German actor, he bec- he did Tatort like after he was kind of famous, and it was this big like, oh. can you believe Tatort's getting Till Schweiger? And so his first episode, like the ratings jumped up, and it was called uh, Welcome to Hamburg in German because he was the Hamburg cop, uh, <laughs> and that was released as a standalone film called Nick's Law in the UK. Huh. Huh. To be like, yeah, here's what's going on in in Hamburg. He was taking, I don't know, some clan. I'm doing air quotes. Uh, oh yeah, the the, the uh, kind of very racially coded word of yeah, gang. Yeah, 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 just yeah. just enjoying some distinctive Hamburg activities. <laughs> <laughs> I caught a fish and I put it directly between those two pieces of bread. Like, <laughs> yeah, Till Schweiger looking into the camera and biting the head off of an entire herring. I'm one of you. <laughs> he, does, he does have a look. He, I could really picture him doing his look. For those who don't know him, he's like in every German movie for some reason. Uh, he was uh, Hugo Stieglitz in Glorious Bastards, the one who they break out of jail because he's so good at killing Nazis. Mm. He's the German. Right, right, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One thing, one thing I've discovered about Tarsort is that the Germans, uh, having not not satisfied with having centralized their cop shows, then attempted to centralize and rationalize everybody else's. Because in the late eighties to early nineties, they tried to do a project called Eurocops. Yes. Oh. Where oh, the deal yeah. was, they were just going to sort of uh, do Europe-wide Tartort. And so you would get, like, uh, Tartort Rome, or Tartort yep. London, um, or whatever else. And it would just be this sort of grand program of cultural interchange and ever closer union on a police drama basis. <laughs> yeah, but don't forget, cops. Just rem- we can, you can be friends with a Croatian, whatever, but cops, yeah. remember. <laughs> yeah, you can be friends with the only real people in Croatia, the police. Um, <laughs> I mean, it, it feels like a synecdoche for the EU as a whole, really. It's like, oh, yeah, just yeah. Ever, ever closer union between all of these police officers. Um, uh, exactly. And I don't want to, like, so in the tw- like 70s, again, like, 
we're doing we're talking rock star uh viewership numbers it is still even if it's not viewed as often today it's still like like eight nine million viewers and higher for some of the more popular ones till schweiger was getting like 12 million uh, what's the like what's the sort of reputational status that like if so, if someone says to you uh, i can't tonight because i'm watching tartar like what 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 vibe does that give off to you understandable i mean that's like real nerd shit but it happens so just a few little anecdotes i have a friend who named her pets after different uh tato detectives um people get together on sundays and watch it together it's like a big thing to go watch like on mm. sunday nights you can like go watch tato with people um and yeah a lot of like old people will be like well i just watched the news so you know of course you're gonna watch tato that's, yeah, that's, yeah. that's that's what you do i'm already after. sitting down <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i'm not i'm not moving <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's definitely even if people don't watch it like regularly it is i would say more of a cultural institution uh, than even something like law and order in the u.s maybe similar style but like it is more of a phenomenon even like you know the big episodes or you know some dramatic like oh it was a really risque episode this week or something but it's also like uh, to Mm. go back comparing to like bill or like the police procedurals procedurals in the states it's it doesn't have this kind of Correct me if I'm wrong, Rob. It doesn't have like this low culture kind of vibe about it. Um, okay, it's interesting you say that because okay. it's like my impression is it's like a weird mix. Yeah, it's not as soapy because some serious, but then it's also like goofy in some ways. You're not looked down upon by watching it as like being basic. Mm. Or something. No, no, I don't think so. No, it's very much like a part of German culture. Yeah. Honestly. Well, okay, I don't want to jump ahead. So one of the interesting <laughs> things that I thought is the, probably the most beloved detective character is this guy Shemansky and his whole thing was like Shemansky is a good cop name to be yelling like <laughs> yeah, yeah absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah and so his whole thing was that I mean it's almost it's like a standard trope like the cowboy cop who does whatever he wants but his whole thing was like he was like greasy and like lived in like a working class neighborhood and his first scene on camera is him like waking up and he doesn't have any dishes so he like cracks two eggs in a glass and drinks it instead of cooking the eggs yeah and like He's like beloved. Like he died recently, and there's I'd have added this video to the Euro Vibes. There's people like, like doing like pouring beers out for him in the street in Duisburg, <laughs> and like it was all like, yeah, he's he's the cool guy because he's not, you know, he's he's one of us. Yeah, that's interesting for a lot of reasons. Partly because I don't know how much of this is true or exaggerated after the fact, but people were like. This ruffian is disgracing the art of detective work. <laughs> like, <they> we're like <laughs> old Germans who apparently uh, said that back in the day. If, if you read it today, I've seen this in multiple publications where they're like the Shemansky character because he was like a working class cop. His big thing was he said Shaisa all the time, like he swore mm. he didn't give a fuck. If mm. you look under his YouTube videos now, you'll see comments like, "Oh, he wouldn't have gendered like like these crazy people today, like doing the." like proper oh like like gender neutral you know what's you know what's really funny is that we didn't have this so much as we had to invent it retroactively um when we when we started getting boomers getting nostalgic for like the kind of cop who would like was you know would punch you in the face and then go home and eat a big thing of like um passed out of a can or gravy (laughs) yeah um we had to invent that because we did a time traveling police procedural where a modern woke 
cop is sent back to the <laughs> 70s. Um, it, it was called Life on Mars. And oh, it, shit, yeah. There was, there was this sort of brief vogue for Philip Glenister's character, DCI Gene Hunt, yeah. who was this very similar sort of figure of this sort of like raincoated, alcoholic, uh, bigoted cop. Um, in a sort of you can't say that these days sort of way. That was like big show too. That was like some of like, oh, yeah. like the most watched thing. Was that ITV? Um Channel 4. Yeah, I'm not sure. But they made they made Life on Mars yeah. and then they did another they did a sequel, Ashes to Ashes, in the eighties. So this this ran for a few years. Mm. Also, uh I've discovered that in Duisburg there is a Horst Shimansky Gasse. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They named they named it after him, after you know, <laughs> being is being being cool on TV. <laughs> <laughs> no, but what what so I I've seen this in multiple like reviews and stuff where they say he brought the '68 generation like onto TV, which I don't. <laughs> why? Like, how does he represent that? But it's, Listen, it's, it's like they say: if you if you're not a, a revolutionary communist before you're 30, then you have no heart. But if you're not a revolutionary communist turned police detective after you're 30, well, yeah, like it is so patronizing of just like uh, the 68 generation, they're rebelling, the whole world's kind of falling apart. They want communism. How do we? How do we? How do we get back to them? It's like, what if there was a cop who looked like shit? They'll love that. <laughs> what if, like, what if there was a cop who didn't own any plates? Like, he's like yeah. buff and has a thick mustache. So. <laughs> But it is very kind of like talking down to the millennials. Like millennials don't have plates. But by the same <laughs> they token, they want to rent plates. By the same token, these are the people fucking writing this were whatever uh, student Maoists who now write for the, <laughs> the, yeah, the culture section of Dish Beagle, and they're like, yeah, we felt so represented. Like finally, there's someone swearing on TV instead of being like a fucking yeah descendant of the Hohenzollern dynasty like you know they're just real germans like us i love that episode of tattoo where they deal with a great leap forward <laughs> but it, it is like i i don't know what to make of it because the, the mind-numbing like 60s culture war is mind-numbing everywhere but something in germany is there is a whole group of people who are like yeah we just wanted to say shit on tv that's all we were really <laughs> fighting for back then <laughs> Well, I feel well, like everyone I mean, this is going to reason to become a Maoist as any, I think. Yeah. I feel like everyone in Germany who wanted to do something a bit more substantial that died. Uh, um, yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, was, yeah, was mysteriously suicided at the exact same time. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, part of the, the reason I bring all that up is because it seems to me like Tatort, I don't know, maybe others would disagree, but like, it's it's been let's say that some have criticized Tatort for being too woke now like dude <laughs> this big thing about how like oh they paid money because there was something in hamburg set at like a uh, autonomous left like they had to use an uh, an autonomous uh squat mm. for some plot line and the, so they paid them like three thousand euros or whatever and so then dude the right-wing tabloid here is like your gate said money is being sent to left extremists and, yeah, yeah. Anarchists. <laughs> and it's yeah. like oh they're all women and now there's like non-white german commissars and yeah. whatever and like a lot of the plot lines are like ripped from the headlines about like yeah right-wing extremism um yeah. mm. it's not all of that but i think it's interesting that that <laughs> is almost like the image because if, if you can trace something from like the 70s where they had multiple like 68 figures like have guest appearances yeah like uh, this guy Rio Reiser 
uh Rainier Langhans who was famous for being like living in this commune in Berlin like they're like yeah you go on the po- you go on the the police procedural like cuz it's part of german culture well it does, mm. yeah it does kind of seem like almost the german equivalent of something like the Graham Norton show where like the celebrities just kind of show up on oh, the show i wrote down <laughs> guest appearances um Roger oh, yeah. Moore oh, yeah. James Bond as himself uh-huh. Um, dressed me. I'm just a little birthday boy. Ich bin ein Geburtstag. Ich bin ein Geburtstag, Junge. In a very highly publicized episode, because it was in the Tilschweiger Hamburg series, uh, Helena Fischer. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and just last year, uh, I mean, Lashet, which LOL. What? <laughs> yeah, was Lashet was on as, as a cop. Like, was he like I forget, sliding no, I... over the hood of like a BMW? <laughs> <laughs> Rolling slowly. Like... God damn it. They should get a son to go on it. Yeah, Joe yeah. would be good on it. <laughs> yeah. Joe Lashet. So I don't know what to make of all that. What role Tatort has? Because it seems like not as much of the like. Well, yeah, whatever. Like dirty, hairy, like cops are are just trying to protect you from this like well, disgusting I, society. I, I, and I it's feel more like, hey, mm, we're all in this together, and we're building. Yeah, like I I feel often when I when I listen to Corner Spacey that you you guys, whenever you're talking about some feature of particularly German culture or German politics, mm-hmm. and you correctly identify all the reasons why it's terrible. I just go, man, I'd, I'd kill to have something that terrible. If it was only <laughs> that bad hit. Like, Tartor to me, like, obviously it's not good politically, right? But it seems to me like the sign of a much healthier society than the kind that produces, I don't know, Silent Witness or uh, fucking The Bodyguard or uh, Line of Duty. Mm, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's so interesting because, like, it, it's the thing that I think is different about Tatort versus like anything else we've talked about before or like cop procedures in the United States is that with it's become like a communal TV event that it also has to almost be for everyone. Mm. Whereas I feel like all these other shows that we, we talked about or anything that happens in the States have found their niche and have really dug into them. Yeah, and I mean, that's that's sort of why it's, uh, I would say, effective propaganda is because it speaks to something that, uh, you know, is potentially quite a quite a sellable idea is where, where American cop shows are like, cops are different from you, they are like this elect class of like kinetic tactical operators. If you're, if you're doing this thing where like, oh, cop shows are for everyone, they relate to you and your local culture, because the cops are the people and like policing happens by consent, right? Yeah. That's a that's a tremendously seductive idea. I think it's a nice idea. It'd be nice if it were true. Um, <laughs> well, that's also like the, the regionalism, like you're right, like plays a big part of this because that also reinforces the idea of them being a part of the community. Rather hmm. than trying to force everyone in this country to watch a show that's happening in the like hedonistic den that is Berlin or something as hmm. you know, the rest of the country views it. Oh, but then of course Berlin has their own version. So the current to yeah, everyone's happy. The uh, <laughs> the current the, the everyone's two, uh, the two detectives for the current Berlin because they change after I don't know five six whatever years. Yeah, um, I do want to before I forget, Shemansky was it was he was the one who did the big crossover reunification episode because of, of course you know, yeah, you gotta yeah, yeah. gotta cup, have the mm-hmm. stars. So the two, um, I haven't seen a full episode. I was just like jumping around on YouTube last night of the Berlin show. Um, but as far as I can understand and reading reviews is that. The guy is bisexual, so that's part of his character. Yep. And the, mm-hmm. the the woman is uh, Jewish and is often yelled at by, you know, non-white Germans for being Jewish yeah, in yeah. Berlin. And that she loves no. to go clubbing and like, you know, just get fucked in a 
in Bearkind bathroom yeah, or whatever. Like, it, <laughs> like yeah. it's, it's like in your local <laughs> color. <laughs> well, yeah, that's the that's the kind of just like that's your level of ideology there of just like yeah, you can be bi, yeah, just do like heinous <laughs> shit and kick out or whatever. But yeah. if you fucking talk about Palestine <laughs> for five goddamn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, because mm. like, oh God, I, I, yeah, I just find it very funny that it's complained about for being too woke, and then it's like, oh, it's too woke because it's dealing with right wing extremism, and it's like yeah. at the same time you acknowledge it's like it's chasing the headlines. It's like, well, I feel like you're, I feel like you've yeah, putting the cart before the horse there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, one of them like, like uh, but like genuinely the the fact that it speaks to any kind of community at all, however narrow that vision of it might be, is so uh so such an improvement. Because like even even the bill, right? Because that came out in the what the eighties? Like yeah. that was a, a basically a Thatcherite project. It was eighty three, uh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. So like the, the the bill sort of even that didn't relate to any sort of community at all. Like the cops might have been people just like you, but they weren't part of anything other than the police. Yeah. Um, there's also like a weird aspect of how kind of detached from reality it was. So like there's there's mm. in the bill I, I um there's like I put a super montage in the notes of just like every time an explodey thing happened, but like it ended with a, a baby exploding, which was very hard <laughs> for me to look at. <laughs> like, I hate when this happens. Yeah, 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 it's 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 a real problem when you're a new father. You know, once you get past the age of three, though, you don't have to worry about it. Um, <laughs> but the thing that like gets me is that in its mundanity as well, it it also kind of like makes you incredibly atomized and like paranoid because a lot of like a lot of the violence that I saw in that super montage was like. Even though it's before, like you know, the the Blair years or the Coalition years, it's very like kids and hoodies. Don't mm. don't trust kids and hoodies. Yeah. And the other way that it's detached from reality is, I found out they never really did the IRA, even no. though that would have been like the perfect time for it. No, never. They never yeah. did the IRA. They they vaguely nodded towards like the war in Iraq, I believe, because really? like yeah, at the very end, one of the cops was like. Uh, this ex-military guy mm. who had like PTSD, um, and and that was like their big uh, sort of rip from the headlines thing. Sure, yeah, yeah. But then Sherlock did it as well. I guess. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. I I have just two two more things on on Tator, if it. you'll indulge me. Um, the, with the plot lines, one recurring like like one of a go-to. It's serious in the sense that it's often very like intense things like whatever child abuse and mm. ritual like, I don't know weird stuff. One of the go-tos though mm. is someone is having sex with like a 16-year-old girl and then like like that's 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 a well that's been returned to many times. One of the most like famous episodes is from the 70s with Natasha Kinski playing uh, I think she was 15 at the time, but playing a 17-year-old oh. who was like helping the detective catch this man. Uh -huh. um, I so I, I've like I interpreted that very differently. I thought that what you meant is oh, it starts with someone having having sex with a 16-year-old, and then the like cop BMW drives through the wall of the bedroom, and the guy <laughs> gets arrested. No, the German attitude towards um, pedophilia is. Um, Different from the UK and <laughs> like you it, know about like... you know about the whole thing of just like German authorities gay yeah, like yeah yeah. Well, yeah 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 we don't need to talk about it but yeah well, I bring I bring up Natasha Kinski because at the moment this is happening a she's talked about how her her father the famous actor Klaus Kinski was 
perhaps molested her or inappropriate while she mm. was a child. And at the same time, um, details have been obscured over the ages, but either was dating or almost dated Roman Polanski in huh. the 70s. Huh. And then they're like, let's make a show about it, which is always like, I mean, because Todd Orts has such a cultural footprint yeah. and like, you know, it is such a mouthpiece. Like you will reach, yeah, millions mm. back then, 75% of households in Germany. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I just, there has to be some powerful uh, uh, decision makers in the process. I've always thought that. Mm. Which brings me to my second yeah. point, which might probably means nothing. Okay. But I, I mm. would be... I would be letting down our listeners if I didn't bring this up. Okay, what is this? Which rever- revolves around... Probably gets like this when something very <laughs> third eye is going to happen. Um, uh, Alice, so you were the, the NSU, the National Socialist Underground Murders mm-hmm. in Germany? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So those happened over the course of several years in the 2000s. Mm-hmm. Um, they were, yeah, underground. Uh, it was... They have all these like weird connections to police or yeah. perhaps intelligence that were just not talked about or not discussed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in a 2001, a November 2001 episode of Tatort, uh-huh. it's just like normal stuff. They're going, it's, it's just, the scene is going on and then they're like, here are those uh, uh, suspect files you asked for. And, and they put it down on the table and there's just shot. And the photo on the file is Uwe Mundlos the NSU, one of the three NSU murderers in 2001. <laughs> Before it I is did. his actual photo. <laughs> now, <laughs> you may you may be wondering how could something like this happen. I am yeah. I am wondering how something like this could happen. <laughs> First of all, I'm gonna pause for five minutes for people listening at home to make guesses. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Say it out loud if you're on a bus. According to Der Spiegel, first of all, blamed it on the intern. Classic move. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, well, this intern with yeah. foreknowledge of like an underground Nazi yeah. Uh, murder cell. Yeah. So they, there is a real, it's a real photo from 1998 because the three of them were wanted by Turingen or some East German police uh, for building a bomb. Yeah, mm. and so that was in 1998, and they they had gone underground at that point. So like it was just it just been out, no no following up. Like mm. they're like, okay, those those photos, their photos were out there. Yeah, but the like it was just a drop in a bucket of like, oh, you know, right like right wing s- people building bombs. Feel have, like you still shouldn't use real criminals. Well, that's photos the thing. They're like, like yeah. we don't usually use real criminals, but. I guess it got in the pile somehow. And then like, that's, that's literally all they said. Like it in the interns make, you know, they make the props and I don't know. It just got in there somehow because, you know, sometimes they have real files, but usually they don't. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> in November, 2001, four murders had already been done by the NSU. Right. And yeah, no one publicly was making these kinds of connections. So, so some intern was just like trying to like hint to some I, service. Like the only reason I bring that up is because Todd must have such a high level. People, decision makers at the show must have some connection to law enforcement, mm. just this fucking well, state yeah, to, apparatus to, because it is so, you know. To use uniforms, to use equipment and stuff like that. It sure. Have to be, yeah. There's got to be some sort of connection, even if somewhat innocent. Um, uh, yeah, that I've, is I've, weird. I've, I've been thinking about that for all day. How could you not? <laughs> yeah. What a I horrifying note to end on. 
I know, but I just like the idea of you're watching the show. It's like, it can't be as bad as Rob says. And it just holds in the photo for like 20 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my mm. goodness. Yeah, so that's a... I think that's a pretty good over overview of uh, uh, cop shows. I think we've come to some decent conclusions about this. There are millions more. Oh, yeah. um, we didn't even touch on the whole genre of like Scandi crime shows. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Which is like kind of I don't know. Sometimes I feel like they're different, but I I guess I'm probably falling for the same trick that like BBC Four was trying to pull on the British public with the mm. French show because probably isn't. It's probably exactly the same. We had like uh, Icelandic guests on recently, and they're just kind of like they view those shows as kind of like hack and uh, um, the kind of thing is like the the needless pain that's depicted in them mm. um, as being kind of unrealistic. But yeah, and then Eastern Europe is also mad into their cop shows as well. Certainly, mm. they were mad into Commissar Rex. <laughs> <laughs> we should have ended on Commissar Rex. God yeah, damn, irresistible. <laughs> Oh god. But Alice, thank you so much for joining us. Where can the Oh, my pleasure. People, where can the lovely people find your work? Well, uh you can listen to me talk about uh startups on Trash Future. You can listen to me talk about James Bond movies on Kill James Bond, or you can listen to me uh talk about engineering disasters on Well There's Your Problem. And all of those have Patreons. Uh so subscribe to those. Give me your money. <laughs> Do that. <laughs> Give Alice your money. Um Do you have any final comments on we didn't talk about Pierce Brosnan on air, right? <laughs> we didn't talk about Because Kieran's been on a Pierce Brosnan no. kick. Uh, I, I feel about Pierce Brosnan the same way I feel about Pierce Jed Brosnan Ray. thoughts? <laughs> yes, <laughs> Our regular segment on the podcast. Uh, um, you brought it up too many times. I had to. I had to give you space. To, I love when I think it. people don't notice what like what thing I've been on this week. Pierce and Mike Harley. Yeah, I don't know. He just like. He's kind of like one of those Irish celebrities where like they have one job that they were good at. I thought he was very good at Bond. Uh, the mm-hmm. same way I think Jedward is very good at Eurovision. I'm sad that they don't do those things anymore. Can I offer you a drop from Kill James Bond of Pierce Brosnan realizing something and going, huh? Absolutely, if it will be picked up on your audio. Huh? <laughs> they really do use that sound effect. Beautiful. Beautiful. That's that's how I felt when I when I read the NSU story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was a there was a like the a little pi- music there was a little plays. piano cheeky yeah. piano. Yeah. Huh? Uh, <laughs> my touch? <laughs> uh, Alice, you should definitely watch the uh, um, Chinese co-production movie with Pierce Brosnan, where he basically plays Jerry Adams. Oh my God! Yes, I. De- that's the foreigner, right? Yeah, yeah that's that's on, that's on the list. Yeah. Excellent. Good. 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 All right, and with that, you can catch our next episode on Wednesday, Friday, Friday. Don't be recording on Wednesday. Fridays. God damn Fridays. it! Anyway, ciao. Peace. Ciao.